Hey, Daniel here from Markers on the Map, and this week on the Gaming Adventure, we'd like you to join us for fighting 500 of each Pokemon, defeating the same boss over and over again, opening up pack after pack of cards, and digging up every single flower one by one as we tackle grinding. Plus, we have the most elaborate Nintendo Switch rumor yet. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Two words for you. Two two words. Chalk Zone. Alright, I remember Chalk Zone. I remember that show. Yeah. You know with the with Snap, the the blue guy. Yeah. And he's like, Rody, we can't go on the Amazon River. We gotta go to the Amazing River. I haven't seen see, I feel like that show only has like one season. But as a kid I thought it had a million seasons, but I'm pretty sure that show may have like one season. Wow, that was a good show. There's a lot of good stuff on Paramount Plus. Paramount I don't know. Plus knocked it out of the park, honestly. If this is what they it have really in store did. as a beginning, I don't know what else they can add later. But it's it probably pretty much knocked it out of the park because what they offer now is insane. For a rebranding of the CBS All Access app, it's really good. I didn't know how to do this intro without making it sound like an ad. But, I mean, it's real good. I've been watching Keenan and Kel. <laughs> I love that show. I really, and it's like, we're only saying because we're talking about really good shows that they offer. That's really good. It's like, come on, can like that's that's a good show. Come on, orange soda. Yeah, and they have like teenage robot on there. Yeah, I did not drink orange soda until I saw Keenan and Kel. But yeah, it's just like that platform just offers a good amount of shows, and I need to hop on that. It's like the Nintendo Switch Online of streaming services because it's got a lot of the like catalog stuff. I don't necessarily think they have so many originals yet, but, like, we had CBS All Access for Star Trek, Picard, and Discovery, but, like, this is all, like, a good bonus, and, and guess what? They still have Sonic Underground. You know, the one where they swore a vow that their mother would be found? Oh, Sonic yeah, I know that one. Yeah, this, they made a vow yeah. that their mother will be found. I know that one. <laughs> yeah. But Paramount Plus got the wheels turning. The gears. All right, we got the gears turning. And I was thinking... Mm-hmm. What if we had our own streaming service? Okay. You know, turn markers on the map into an empire of original series and programming and spinoffs and all that. Original series and some returning series. Yeah, and some returning series that haven't been made yet. (laughs) But I was thinking we could have, you know, Tales from the Map become a weekly anthology, like a certain old HBO series. Or we could have St. Nicholas, you know, of Christmas fame, have his own series. Because has Knuckles ever got his own series? No, no. he hasn't. Even though he's probably, like, the best, like, support character, he hasn't. Now, there is a Sonic OVA where he has a really cool hat. And okay. maybe, maybe that could be on this potential um, streaming service on the map. <laughs> is what I've elected to Streaming call it. service on the map. <laughs> and, you know, maybe, like, reality shows, like 
like a gaming challenge like you know what g4 tbs used to do i remember there was a show on tbs where there was like playing games or something so like takeshi's castle no like it was like playing video games but look we could do takeshi's castle too look we could do a live action fall guys series i'd be so down for that media tonic please (laughs) oh man imagine if they did though i don't know that'd be awesome it's like wipeout or whatever something like that oh boy i think we're going a a bit off track a bit (laughs) the things we say on this podcast (laughs) these are come on these are ideas just coming out i know the gears turn as soon as we say one thing i'm like okay what what can we do with this idea anyway getting ahead of myself this as always is markers on the map a shiny podcast this week you know one you gotta work a little harder for if you catch my drift, we're going to talk about grinding this week. Um, <laughs> and as usual, I'm Daniel. I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Robert. How have you been this week? I've been doing pretty good, actually. Uh, I've been pretty great. Uh, how have you been? I've been hanging in there. Very, very, very busy, but things are... I've been there, though. Yeah, I've been there, too, though. Yeah, you know, it's busy. Stress, busyness. Mm-hmm. At least we've got some games to alleviate some of that. And uh, a certain Blu-ray set that came in the mail. Oh, yeah, you did get the Fujiko Mine Blu-ray set that's been out of print for a while. Yes, and I'm very happy about that. I was just like, that's one of the, oh, this week has been pretty good because I did get that in the set. But that's that's a whole other topic. Yeah, but but Scryad is also coming out after being out of print for years and years from the same company. And I've ordered mine, too. So it's like, yes, both of us are getting these, like... <laughs> really hard to find sets that and you, you, put, you is... put me on this dude so i have to thank you for that you put me on like where, where to get it from i know they're great <laughs> I, i've bought stuff from disco check before they're really great and they i watched their stream doing some cool work restoring animation and all that but we have a very very exciting piece of news to start out uh the week with first of all happy mario day on our day of recording it is march 10th we are not going to be talking about Mario today. <laughs> I, I know, that literally slipped our mind. But just for the celebration of Mario Day, what's your favorite Mario game? It's uh, a lot of good ones. Yeah, that's true. Odyssey, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's Super Mario Bros. 2 is great, but Odyssey, probably, end all, be all. Or Mario Kart 8. Yeah, all right. That, those, those are good. Uh, Favorite classic 2d style platformer is probably like new super mario world for the super nintendo mm-hmm. 3d i probably will still give it to 64 mm-hmm. i still like that one and then an off out of out of nowhere really good one that i like that it's a surprise a really good rpg one is bowser's inside story oh yeah bowser's inside story is great That's actually you got one. the 3d collection so we're gonna have to bring that back to the to the podcast oh, here pretty soon i did yes i did get the 3d collection before uh, the end of March 31st. But like I said, uh, that's for another day. Yeah, yeah. And get your copy before the 31st of March, because I guess they're if, taking yeah. it away. <laughs> but we do yeah. have a really, really big piece of news here. Um, Dot Emu, they did Streets of Rage 4 and Tribute Games. They did Mercenary Kings, but some of those people did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game, are teaming up for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. A brand new four-player co-op beat-em-up game. Oh my god. The last one was Turtles in Time. And that came out in like the 90s. 
I think they did one on like the 360 or something, unless it was like a no. Like a I think those on the 360 were re-releases of the oh. original arcade ones. I'm so excited for this game. It's so it's been like 30 years. It's been roughly almost maybe 30 years since the last four-player turtle beat 'em up game. Now, they showed this trailer, and it's so I don't you have you seen it yet? Yes, I, oh, I woke man. up and I saw it, and I was excited. Nothing like a good beat 'em up, but like the fact that it's TMNT, instantly recognizable characters. Um, the combat itself looks amazing. The style that they went for, like Su- this is Su- a developer Suchere's I trust. Four was good. Yeah, I trust the developer. You know, I yeah. trust Dot Emu. Uh, we will talk about Street Rage Four maybe in a different episode because we did play that. We did co-op that. Yeah, yeah. We're planning on doing a beat 'em up episode at some point, actually. But I wanted, I want this TMNT game to be part of that because. That's a day one. That's a day one that's for a sure. Day one. That is a day one. <laughs> so that's pretty exciting. That is the coupled with the animated trailer that they did um, made this really like a special announcement. So that's something to look forward to. Just want to start off the news with some good stuff and then keep the good times going because yeah. we've got a heartwarming story where the um, I think two of the head developers on Ghost of Tsushima have been made permanent. Uh, tourism ambassadors to the actual island and i guess sony might be trying to do more to promote a tsushima style tourism and you know after playing ghost of tsushima and seeing the islands that they created the game makes it one of the more interesting places that i'd like to visit one day like tsushima island there's a lot of history there it's very beautiful and i'm i'm just kind of happy for these guys it's just a really heartwarming piece of news here I said this, I, I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but I've said this before. I was playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. And it's a good game. That's that's a real good game. I love that game. But I said, man, what if there's a game just like this, an open world game, but it just put in samurais and not cowboys? Lo and behold. <laughs> Talking about a whole year later, and they announce it. And what a great game. That is, I know we said this back on top 10 PS4 games, but at some point, this is going to have a special. Um, it's got to. It just yes. has to. And and I was also thinking, they might be the ambassadors to Tsushima, but we're kind of the ambassadors to Gameland and, you know, the various locations we visit on this gaming adventure. So, <laughs> we're kind of tourism ambassadors, too. So. <laughs> Anyhow... More good news on a slow news week, but it's good news nonetheless. Destroy all humans news. I don't know where. I think it was the day, the first patch. We were recording that day as well, but uh turn on my PS5 and I noticed there was an update. I was like, oh, there's an update. I was like, I wonder what it is. Like, it shouldn't be much, but then you told me it was a pretty major update. They're adding certain things, skins and like uh, enhancement to the P- if you play on the PS5. I was like, okay, so I get on it. And on that episode, I kind of we talked about uh, the teaser, kind of like Sailor having for the first game, and then the ending where it seems like they're pointing fingers that we're remaking the second one. Stay in store, like there's more to come. And then once you go on there, basically it tells you like, oh, this is a new update, and it has like destroying humans too, like style, like it has like certain like words and look to it. You're like, this is straight up destroying humans too. 
and I was real ha- basically like it basically confirmed it for me because I was like, yeah, the, that the thing that it shows, like the little like uh, machine that it shows, I think it's from the second game, and then the, the, the way it looks, I was like, yeah, this is Dressing Humans too, and it'll tell you like uh, certain skins, like the gold, the frosty, the I do uh, like that gold one. Uh, there's there's another one that was like uh, Isn't he like kind of looks like uh, he's there's a chrome one, and I think there's one he kind of looks like uh, Raven's dad from like teen titans mm. i don't know what his name is his name is trigon? Him, but he looks, yeah trigon he has like the horns and everything and he basically looks like that very um, cool six so frames. new skins and yeah biggest uh update for me a part of the like this is the biggest thing is that ps5 version can go up to 60 frames ah the <sighs> word of the day so, <laughs> that game is so good at 60 frames Oh, there's so many games. We say, I mean, how many times have we brought this up? Death Stranding, please, just make it 60 frames, Sony. Red Dead Redemption Now, I want Remnant. I want Remnant from the Ashes to be 60 frames. Red Dead Redemption 2 to have 60 frames so bad. I'm like, please, put 60 frames. Oh, I I feel like they'll charge for that. (laughs) I don't care. I'll I'll do whatever. I want that game in 60 frames. But going back to Story of Humans, I'm just saying it. This is a remake of all remakes this is the way you do a remake it's still the original game it doesn't take anything away they just keep adding things to it to make it better and i think if you haven't played destroying humans the first one i would honestly say play the remake over the original yeah i mean with all the qol stuff it's like go for it Go Same for game, it. Sixty frames. You play the first one. If you play the first one back in the day, get this one because if you like that one back in the day, you'll love this one. One day I will get that game. The sixty frames makes it just that more enticing, and it does frequently go on sale. Yeah, and this and the skins, man. I'm telling you, that gold one is really nice. I know. I I like a good gold skin. <laughs> oh, was that you like a a good gold skin? Uh, you might you might need to do certain things to obtain that skin. Oh yeah, you might need to do certain things to obtain that skin. Certain things we will be talking about <laughs> later in the episode. So you didn't think I was going to come up with anything, huh? <laughs> anyway, there's been some Monster Hunter Rise news this week. Uh, the demo is coming back. It's going to be the same demo, but you can fight Magnamalo, the flagship, in a brand right. new hunt. And they did announce that there's some free post-launch support coming for Monster Hunter Rise, which does drop at the end of the month, including uh, Camellios and some other monsters that haven't been revealed yet. I recommend playing the demo. It does give Monster Hunter Rise does have some QL stuff that goes beyond even world in making it easy to play and easy to get invested into. Um, so Monster Hunter Rise has been very impressive. Has For me, at least, it's been very impressive. I like the idea that jumping in a Monster Hunter game from the start allows it to not be as daunting as it is um, if somebody were to jump into Iceborne from, you know, today. So Monster Hunter Rise is going to be good, at least from what I can tell. I like the look of it. I, the way I've seen and you know, I'm kind of, you know, not that big of a fan of Monster Hunter, but I really do like the look of this one. This honestly feels, from the demo, more God Eater-esque to me. Exactly. Um, the I QOL like stuff, like when you pick up things in Monster Hunter, you used to have a press a button every time you wanted to um, scavenge an item. 
in Monster Hunter World, you had to hold the button down to collect three items. In mm-hmm. in Rise, at least in the demo, when you gather from a gathering point, it just gives you all three items, and you can just keep moving. You can run on the walls. It's very the mo- the momentum you get is very good. So I'm looking forward to putting some more time into the demo, um, especially fighting Magnamalo because it's always cool to see the flagships. And last but not least, Bethesda is officially part of the Microsoft family. Uh, this week and that's about it <laughs> maybe I mean, they'll the, have a crossover the, halo the and microsoft deal the whole thing's that now a good portion of those games are be on the xbox game pass oh yeah for sure like things will launch for game pass day and date probably i'm wondering if they'll kind of start that with the doom eternal dlc that's supposed to have a teaser trailer next um uh, monday i think I don't know if you've seen the Most artwork likely. for that new Doom DLC, but that instantly makes me want that <laughs> that DLC. Um, so I'm hoping with that trailer, they're going to finally announce the release date for that <clears throat> PS5 update for Doom Eternal. <laughs> um, it's coming. We know it's coming. So it's a good game. Uh, very good single player shooter. Was not a fan of the multiplayer, but I did it for the plat. Hey. You know what else you do for the plot? <laughs> oh man, we're just catching these here and there. What we're saying, we're giving uh, out so much hints about what we're going to talk about. Yeah. The... Anyhow, one last little bit here, one last big bit here. All right. <laughs> it's a Nintendo Direct rumor sponsored by Markers on the Map presents Trial by Energy Drink. This week's flavor is Battle Pass Berry. Hmm. <laughs> It's for a little game called Chrome Gadget Star, The Fox and Wolf Chronicle. And it goes a little something like this. Out in the far reaches of space, Star Fox rides his Arwing alone in the cold, dark emptiness, searching for a brand new adventure, when suddenly... You are getting a collect call from... Wolf O'Donnell. Do you accept? From Wolf? Hmm. This is a surprise for sure. Oh. What's the call for Wolf? Fox, I have some intel that requires, hmm, some outside help. If you're willing to maybe collaborate for a change. My help? What would you need my help for? Uh, it's not another trap, is it? It's not a trap, Fox but we need to make sure we're on a secure channel. I'm sending you a request on Discord. Uh, okay, uh, okay, let me just log in. Uh, uh, okay, signing in. And let me just log in, all right. All right, all right, all right, I'm in. Okay, the channel is secure. So, Fox, rumor has it that there's a weapon so powerful being created that it can surpass even Chrome Gadget. A weapon that can surpass Chrome Gadget? Yes. Scientists have located a planet called Earth, home to an aquatic species called the Great White Shark, and smuggled them from their underwater dwelling off to planets both known and unknown. Hmm. Kind of looks funny. What makes this shark so great? Uh, it kind of just looks like a big fish to me. How does it taste? That's besides the point, Fox. What matters is that these top-secret facilities on these other worlds, these great white sharks, are being transformed and mutated into deadly super weapons featuring cybernetics and nanomachines. Hmm. 
Who would have thought we see the day where fish will be greater or equal to man? That's not even the start of it, Fox. Apparently, these menacing abominations are able to breathe in space through a brand new device developed for such a thing. And what's more is that they don't need to fly ships. No need for ships? How do they get around space, then? Well, Fox, these intergalactic science experiments ride around on hoverboards that have been fitted for galactic hyperspace travel. They can even reach speeds that are greater than those of the R-Wing. Hoverboards? Hmm. How to get my hands on that technology? Well, Fox, you can buy a hoverboard at any space mart. And you know, outfit it with a ship's engine and a warp drive and all that. But the key thing that we're worried about here is these sharks' ability to breathe freely in space via the use of those cybernetics. Who in the space or in the cosmos will authorize such a project and to create these creatures? That's the problem. No one knows, Fox. No one knows who's greenlit this project to remove these aquatic nightmares from their earthly home and turn them into the most radical yet terrifying living weapons to ever storm and rage across the galaxy. Apparently, they leave entire planets destroyed in their wake. However, it should be noted that we've got a slight lead on some intel, Fox. Hmm. Someone has to be funding this project. There's got to be a data trail somewhere. Well, I have top agents working on this case. And there seems to be a certain degree of volcanic activity on a far-off world known as Sequatica. And that's weird, because that's a water planet. Oh, well, I'm not breaking you, but there are underwater volcanoes, you know. Sure, but the point I'm getting to here, Fox, is that on Sequatica, there's evidence of an ancient people. And those people have an ancient organization. This organization is said to be behind the volcanoes, but also said to have access to unknown and powerful technology. It stands to reason that maybe, just maybe, this is a good place to start our search for those who would try and claim the universe as their own. Hmm. What's the name of the shadow organization pulling the strings? They said they're called... The Constellations. The Constellations? Yes, and they're led by a fearsome figure known only as Rystar. Take to the skies and to the shadows in this brand new Star Fox adventure for the Nintendo Switch. As Fox, take to space in the R-Wing as you blast your way through over 20 different intergalactic battles, using everything at the ship's disposal to attack the Constellation's forces, including the mysterious and powerful Space Sharks. Do a barrel roll into madness and upgrade your ship's weapon systems, cosmetics, and more as Fox's half of this new game brings the frantic and furious action that the Star Fox series is known for into a brand new light. Then, take to the shadows as Wolf in the game's on-foot open-world planets while Fox is fighting armadas of ships. Wolf sneaks around those same 20 planets, silently taking down his enemies in the greatest refinement of stealth gameplay the world has ever seen. Use everything around you to distract your foes. Take them down either lethally or non-lethally, with either being a viable option, as wolf sections can be completed entirely as a pacifist, and that includes bosses. He'll face off against patrolling space sharks whose hoverboards have been modified for land-based travel, as well as half of the Constellation's 12 lieutenants. Two campaigns not enough for you? Well... We got you covered with the upcoming Chrome Gadget Star Season Pass, which introduces a third and final campaign featuring both characters that plays out over three DLC packs. Each comes with new customization items, new weaponry, and all new planets and stages. Take to the skies, 
and fulfill your destiny in the top-secret mission shared by the galaxy's biggest rivals. It's Chrome Gadget Star, and it's coming to your Nintendo Switch Galaxy soon. Jeez, Amitros, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Slippy. Defeat the Fox Unit. Try to take over the universe, and with you as my planet, Star Fox, there's no way we can fail. My mind is blown. All right, I'm feeling this one. I'm 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 for, I'm all about this. I like those parts in Star Fox when you're flying the ship. I likes me some Metal Gear Solid Five style, you know, open world stealth. This seems like it's got the best of both worlds. I really, I really do like stealth games. I like the whole theme of a mechanic of like you're not this ultimate like one man army you're you have to be like tactical and stuff like that i think like an example i think prince of persia is my favorite game on the super nintendo and i really think about it right now like that game really does have like you can fight these guys but you can you can also run away and not fight them and you know because these guys are dangerous i really do like the america solid games where it's like you can you know do certain things but it's just smarter and honestly a bit more of a challenge to you know get away with it and be sneaky about it yeah you could do a full pacifist run like they said um with wolf and it's not mandatory metal gear solid 5 you don't have to mandatorily do a pacifist run you can go in guns blazing if you want and that's usually what ended up happening to me but i liked it i still had fun with mgsv i was more of a a stealth guy if i had to i had to but i was mostly like just get in and out no one noticing I did like using the train gun. I thought that was cool. It's a good way of doing non-lethal without actually just sneaking around or whatever. But I'm, I'm the happy water that gun, that's where it was at. The water gun. <laughs> the water gun. I am. I am happy that they are marrying this concept of Metal Gear Solid to Star Fox and creating this thing with Fox and Wolf having a team up. It really does sound like it, it's one of those rivalry team ups that we've been waiting for. Uh, this is like a Marvel scale, you know, event right here. Oh yeah, most definitely. I'm I'm very interested in this game. I hope you know they announce it the next direct whenever that's gonna happen. I hope they announce this. Yeah, one. And, and think about it for a second. Rystar, the shooting star, famous forgotten mascot of Genesis platforming from Sega. Come on, as the villain here, I the space sharks evoke a certain 1980s cartoon that was pretty jawsome, if I do say so myself. I mean, think about it. Sooner or later, they're going to take a couple of these, you know, sharks that are in the street and just put them in space. Yeah. The logical evolution of a street shark is a space shark. No in between. That's that's the progression here. And just imagine, what if what if certain characters from this game showed up in that new TMNT game? Hmm. Ooh, it could happen. Actually, it could happen. I mean, is there a shark enemy in TMNT? I. I don't, I don't remember one. Not sure. There's Bebop and Rocksteady, and then there's like uh, Leatherhead, and and you know, like all of them, but like you know, Rat King. But I don't remember a shark yeah. enemy. So what better time to bring in either Street or Space Sharks to the TMNT saga? And of course, uh, Zamtrios, another villain in this game, is <laughs> from Monster Hunter. So we've got a lot of crossover potential Ooh. going here too. So I, I'm looking do, forward to do. this one. Anyway, there's a bit of backstory before we get to our topic. (laughs) 
You're going to tell the full story? Get not, the full not picture. Not a giant story, but... So I was playing this little game I talked about last week called Bravely Default 2. And uh, unfortunately, my update isn't going to be too <laughs> great. Um, so I was thinking about Bravely Default 2, and I was, you know, grinding out some job points to fill out my character stats and doing some side quests and all that. And I thought, I am not interested in this in the presentation of this game or the story nothing has hooked me i've played for you know five and a half hours and i'm not hooked i'm not feeling the battle system and i thought back to another game that i like called octopath traveler now octopath traveler has a battle system that does essentially demand you play in a certain way um it's like sekiro you have to play sekiro a certain way um you have to play octopath traveler a certain way so that's a turn-based rpg but it's forgiving enough, and the presentation of the game is beautiful. The story around it is interesting. It might not be for everybody, but I was intrigued by the characters. The eight different stories that were going on all seemed like, you know, six or seven of them were interesting, to say the least. And I didn't mind grinding because everything was such a joy. Whereas in Bravely Default 2, I'm grinding... I'm not enjoying the way the battle system is, you know, works, and I'm not enjoying the fact that putting the game on casual doesn't really do anything to mitigate the difficulty. It just kind of slows the enemies down, so the grinding is still... I came in knowing grinding would be a part of it. What yes. I didn't anticipate was the fact that I would not be interested in really anything else. So the thing with Octopath is I could deal with the battle system wanting you to play it by doing the... I forget what it was that it, that it did. It was some kind of turn stacking thing. Um, because everything around it was great. But with Bravely Default 2, I'm just... I haven't been enticed or intrigued by anything. So I've decided to pretty much drop the game, which hurts. Uh. Maybe in the future I'll come back to it. But I'm just like, I'm grinding. And I'm grinding for nothing at all interesting to me. Uh-huh. So... That, that leads me into the grinding topic, or farming, whatever what you want to call it. It can be good or bad, but the, I immediately turned on Animal Crossing and decided, hmm, let me clean up these roses on my island that have been spreading over the past year, almost. Oh, boy. You actually have to dig them up one by one, and they're not stackable in the inventory, so I have to keep digging up, like, 30 of them and selling them and going back and digging up 30 more. And I was like... Aren't I just grinding on Animal Crossing now? Yes. And then I thought, there is going to be something gained out of this. Because if I remove the flowers, I will be able to finally start building and expanding, you know, things on my island. Making it look more than just like it has looked for a year now, which is like a starter island with some buildings on it. Um, I can now design it because I'm getting rid of those flowers. So... There's, there's something to look forward to. Whereas with Bravely, I was like, this story is not catching me at all of the boss fights. It's the presentation of it that I don't like. It's very Final Fantasy IX-esque, I think. And, like, I knew that going in. I at least thought I'd be interested in the story, but I just don't like the way it's presented. So grinding in that moment just felt like I'm not going to get anything out of this. Whereas... You know, digging all the flowers up and Animal Crossing says to me, I'm going to be able to put new things down on my island. So, grinding comes 
in all sorts of forms for all sorts of tasks and it can be good or bad. So I thought this week we would share some examples of games or things that we've grinded for. And when we say grinding, um, it's usually doing something repetitive for a long time to get something. Let's start with something we've both played. All right. Borderlands. That's the oh. granddaddy of them all. That's, that's the first time I was kind of introduced or I guess realizing what farming is. Yeah. Uh, talk about Borderlands 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we'll talk about all the series, but one, it's not so hard to farm. A certain uh, Claptrap DLC kind of helps with that, with the, the, you know, the legendary chess at the end of the game. And you can farm, you can farm that, but it's not difficult to get, like, legendary weapons. Yeah, you're not, you're, you're going to get plenty of legendary weapons. Yeah. And Borderlands 1 is not something with a giant end game. But two and three, Ooh. I think two's worse than three. Probably is. There's a lot going on because with that one. With three weapons, do have different, you know, attachments and all this stuff. But with two, you had to get the perfect parts for every weapon: the perfect grip, the perfect barrel, the perfect chamber, the perfect, you know, hammer, the perfect everything. Everything had to be the right type in order for it to be considered a perfect version of that weapon uh sad story this is going to be a sad story real quick and oh, you know what i'm it, talking about is this about. the cursed story i know about yes this is why we're so hype about certain things in borderlands 3 but one day mean you know you you know you and me were playing borderlands 2 you know yes ask, ask my brother to get on minding like, hey. our own business yeah mind our own business ask my brother hey you want to get on and help us he's like sure and he's good at the game he's way better than me he's better than all of us at this game he will farm days on end and hours on end to get a certain weapon a certain way and he's done it i've seen him get certain weapons and he knows his stuff he he legit had like a whole like like folder worth of just like information or to what works and what doesn't what's considered you know the the best type mm-hmm. and i forgot what the weapon's called i know it involves swords and it's from the, the pirate dlc and it, it's like a shotgun that shoots out swords and he runs zero zero is his like main that was the first one he ever ran and it was perfect. Everything on that weapon was perfect. But for some reason, you and me were messing around, you know, picking up bad loot. Because we kind of do a joke where we're like, oh, you're, I'm going to blow your mind. And we just drop, like, something, like, simple, like a white or, or you know, a, a simple grenade mod or something like that. And I remember yeah. he, we were in uh, the, the, the map that has, like, the weird, like, gears. The one the, with the thief people. Yes. The, the one with, they're called, like, uh, I think they're called, like, rat people, I think. Yeah, something like that. They take your items. Yeah, they take items on the floor. They just steal whatever. And I don't know what happened. My brother's inventory is probably full of stuff. So he he dropped it. And he picked up a, look, a weapon just to look at it. And he went to go pick. He's like, oh, it's whatever. He, so he dropped it and went to go pick up his, his right weapon, his perfect weapon. And it completely disappeared. It was gone. It was gone. Completely disappeared. And that's just like why we were so happy in Borderlands 3 that they added the whole lost loot mechanic. If a weapon disappears or this and that, it'll come into the lost loot and you can find it there. But talk about how 
much farming he probably did to get that weapon. I, I know he felt bad because he was like, man, I did all that. But then he's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. He's like, I could just farm for another one. Which I honestly... That's the thing. Yeah, it's like, I applaud You gotta go that, farm again. He has to go farm. And I think the that weapon's only... I think it's like uh, Master G. I think he's, that's, that's where you get yeah. it from. It's a really hard raid boss. It is very difficult. So, like, having to fight this boss over and over and over again, mm-hmm. potentially getting the weapon, but potentially not getting the perfect version like he had, is this whole cycle of, like, misery when it comes to, to farming. But ultimately results in something that you want yes he did it but he got what he wanted so at the end of the day it was worth it even though he lost it he was just like i could just do it again you know it's like you know it sucks but he he was like yeah i could just do it again but one that we did it was in borderlands (laughs) 3 and i I think you should tell this story this is this is one of the this is one of them moments (laughs) um grave ward is a boss that everybody likes to farm in borderlands 3 this is pre-dlc so this is like a really good this was before all that stuff so this is a really good boss to uh farm yeah and and robert is very good at taking that down quickly with flack um Mm -hmm. so i was more or less along for the ride as my mose because she's not like exceptional when it comes to fighting great award anyway Mm -hmm. we i don't know how many hours we spent gotta be like 12 or more multiple days um, it wasn't just that yeah it was it was was over some days um, because there was an item, there is an item in Borderlands 3 called the Recurring Hex Grenades, which is a very powerful grenade that spawns into, like, little grenades that, like, home in on things. It does a lot of things. And I swear to God, it's a random drop, a world drop, and they're like, just farm Grave Ward. So we fought this thing for days, days, and days, and hours and hours, and we finally got this. We finally got this. We were just like cycling through music, playing a different song every, yes, <laughs> every it was, time we fought it. Talk about it was Mucha uh, Lucha. <laughs> max level mad uh, mayhem too. It wasn't just like simple, regular, normal. Like we wanted like top yeah. level like top grenade mods. Yeah. So we were playing the Mucha Lucha song when it finally dropped. This <laughs> amazing recurring hex grenade. It was uh, ice and it was very cool. And then the problem with grinding in a game like borderlands 3 that a lot of games nowadays might have uh, a you know a problem with is that uh things can be nerfed via a patch and that is exactly what happened like literally the next day <laughs> uh that's why when borderlands 3 came out i wasn't really on the whole like getting certain weapons i was like it's level 50 is not gonna be the max so i was like and i knew it because we got like what like 53 57 yeah. and then like 65 i think is the or like 60 is like the max now so now i can like go in farm get a certain weapon a certain way but back in the day uh i wasn't really you know the whole thing with the whole uh you know grinding and farming but it's just that we wanted any version of that grenade mod and we did but talk about how the next day they legit i guess they nerfed it but it was still a good grenade mod. It, yeah, it was still really good, and di- I did keep it equipped until, like, the most recent level cap, because it was still yeah. good. But, man, pre-nerfing of <laughs> recurring Hex Grenade is some legendary, like, madness in, in yeah. Borderlands 3. It was it very It would crash powerful. our game. Yeah, when there was points where I would throw recurring X grenades out and our screen would stutter. It probably doesn't happen on the PS5 no, version. No, PS4 but version. Man, <laughs> this was bad. So that's something like that's a bad grind. 
because you know it's always like oh if you grind out for something like the recurring hex grenades there's always the chance that it'll it get was nerfed. still good i don't say it's a bad grind it was still good it still yeah, was good I at mean, the end of the day but what we were expecting was completely thrown out the window that is true i In will less give you than that. 24 hours i remember reading the article saying it was nerfed and my jaw hit the floor you, te- are you texting like, me the next day and i was just like i'm done i was like i'm over it <laughs> i'm like okay and we haven't actually grinded something that long in a while. Oh, except when I was trying to get the Moe's skin and fighting the boss of the third DLC for like eight hours. And then your brother ended up giving it to me. Yeah, the only other time we farmed was when they were having like the gold drop event. And that like... Oh, yeah, that too. And we were theater. farming for hex grenades. Yeah, movie theater area where the the Tommy Wiseau like homage side mission was at. Like, yeah. You had to go to, and like, he was helping us. It was really yes, good. Yes, that's another story. Another Borderlands story. But... uh that was funny but yeah that was like the last time i remember we really uh farmed for a certain weapon yep so that's borderlands um we will have borderlands episodes yeah uh it's it's a good series anyway something i've grinded on and actually more than borderlands is a little game called pokemon shield (laughs) and i'm not saying that i'm grinding for experience per se but I'm grinding for shiny Pokemon. You gotta get now, the I shiny haven't done Bidoof. this. There's no Bidoof in Pokemon Shield. Well, you gotta wait until Diamond and Pearl. <laughs> but, man, I don't know why I like shiny Pokemon. But the fact that they made them easier to get in Shield uh, is really good for me. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, I got shiny Toxel like, randomly early on in the game. And I'm like, okay, now I want all of my team to be shiny. So for starters, you have to like grind out eggs, keep hatching eggs from the Pokemon daycare. And I think it was like my 250th egg, 150th or 250th that gave me my shiny Sobble. But the basic way you do grinding for shiny Pokemon is you go and fight and defeat 500 of any Pokemon. And then with all your Pokedex completed or your shiny charm or whatever, that's when you have the best odds of finding a shiny. So this is what happens when you grind for things. You have to look at the numbers and the math and all that. And you're like, well, if I fight 500 of this, my odds will be really high. So usually what you do after that is keep encountering the same Pokemon over and 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 over. It took me over 20 hours to get a shiny Zigzagoon. I really wanted it. It's red and white, and I really like it. And I've done this, like... 12 times on <laughs> Pokemon Shield. Oh, man. I beat the game at 18 hours. I'm at 210 hours. I haven't done oh, it in a while, man. but when the DLC dropped, the Crown Tundra, I really wanted Shiny Aaron. So I spent like 10 hours doing Shiny Aaron grinding. And the funny thing is, on Pokemon Go, that mobile game, sometimes they have events. And I got like six shinies in one day in like an hour. And I was like, why can't it be this easy in the main games? I got, like, three shiny Porygons in one day on Pokemon Go. Well, I don't know how... The odds of getting a shiny Pokemon are so low. But at the same time, it's, you said, like, oh, I don't know why shinies are always so cool. It's just, like, why do people like hollow Pokemon? Uh, not po- Yu-Gi-Oh cards. No one, yeah. yeah, like, you could have the basic one, but the hollows are way, they look way better. Yeah, and with that being said... The shiny rates have improved in Pokemon. You still have to grind for it a little, but they've improved. 
back in the day, it was like one in every 4,000 something encounters. You could go an entire Pokemon game and not find a shiny. So I just remember this time I had my DS and I believe it was... It might have been Soul Silver, but I think it was one of the GBA games. Uh, I was playing it uh, back in high school. And I was playing my DS in class because I had finished my test and our teacher had us bring our games if we wanted to do something after the test, I guess, that day. Or I just brought it and played it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and I got a shiny in the middle of the class. I looked over at my friend who played Pokemon with me and I was like, Oh my god! Shiny Doduo! I was like, oh my oh, god! Man. I was like, imagine that. A silent room and I find a shiny for the first time, like... Oh, that would be, be... Like, actually encounter. You're so freaking shinies. out, you can't, like, yell. You can't, like, be excited. I'm pretty sure I... I'm pretty sure I got it, because it was very, very, uh, endearing times. Way, way back in the beginning of high school, but... Yeah. You mentioned Yu-Gi-Oh! That yes. game has a little bit of grinding. Uh, so, Yu-Gi-Oh, kind of in the sense of real life, too, there is some grinding, you have to get boost packs, but in the sense of, game-wise, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist, uh, is a game that came out on Steam, PlayStation 4, Switch, I got mainly for the Switch, um, but, I want to build certain decks, like, obviously, if I want to build a certain theme deck, I want to, um, but, you have to, like, in real life, open card packs to get a certain amount of cards or a certain card from a certain pack so gotcha mechanics i've been non-stop dueling the story mode the the like the duelist like challenges and just doing stuff like that to get certain cards that i want and they're so and i've tried to look up which like ver like which season and which duelist has that certain card in their pack and i can't find it there probably is information out there. I just simply can't find it myself. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to unlock everything. I said, at this point, I don't want to wait anymore. Because if I need a certain card from the Kaiba pack, but then I also need a certain card from the, uh, let's say, the Yusei pack in 5Ds. Like, I just need to just unlock everything. So I don't, each time I want to build a certain deck. And then I look up like, oh, you know, but I need this card, and then it's just like, oh, this character has this certain card, and it's just like, I might as well just unlock everything so I can just build a deck whenever. So, past like week, two weeks maybe, maybe a week, I've been non stop playing Yu Gi Oh! Like, I'll eat, play Yu Gi Oh!, laying in bed, play Yu Gi Oh!, I'll put it on the TV, play Yu Gi Oh!, like, I've just been getting those sweet points in order to get more card packs. Now, if that ain't the very definition of grinding in a video game. <sighs> yes. To get all the items. Reminds me of a trophy that um, is, like, my second platinum. I think it was my second platinum. Might have been my third. Final Fantasy Thirteen. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so, I finished that game at, like, 60 hours, but didn't get the plat to, like, 120-something. Because there's a trophy in that game for having owned every item. One of every item in the game including weapons and stuff so i had a paper checklist full of like things i've got that i didn't sell anything in the game until you know i made sure that i had it 
I'll, I use the player's guide because I got the collector's guide back when I got the game to keep track of the items, where to get certain things. I was going online looking up things to make sure. Could you, It's like, could you imagine going to get that trophy checked and you're like missing an item, but it's not going to tell you what item you missed? I know. I, I know all about and that. And the thing is, in order to get the money to buy these things, I had to grind the same, like, like half of half of my 120 hours in that game was playing the game the other half was fighting these same two enemies and like the second to last area that gave a lot of money over and over and over again i i, I had gotten home from school at the time go on and grind out some money on final fantasy 13 <laughs> so it's like rpgs do this especially if there's like a item completion thing um but you know it can be good grinding too grinding can be pretty good um fall guys we talk about this all the time, but Fall Guys seems to me like it has a good and fair grind. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it, honestly, it's a good grind because at the end of the day, if you know it or not, you're grinding in that game. You're farming. You're farming for either for the coins or you're farming for crowns. Maybe crowns are we considered bad farming? Not really, because if you win them, you win them. If you don't, oh well. But the tier system it's mitigated. Yeah, it's like by the battle it'll pass. give you. Yeah, it'll give you crowns. So it's like at the end of the day. You're still getting stuff out of it, so that's a real good farming and, and you know grind. You know you just gotta play the game. You just really just play the game. You don't have to play a certain mode. You don't have to run a certain skin, a certain weapon, mm-hmm. I guess, or like anything like that. You just literally play the game, and you you just get stuff out of it. So it's got a constant stream of new and exciting things, cool new costumes or colors or something. It's very it's very consistently like flowing. Yes. Um, and another game I would put into the good grinding category is Monster Hunter, because Monster Hunter has very good gameplay, and usually after you defeat a monster once, especially in the newer games, you do have enough materials to be able to make a new piece of armor. And a lot of the fun in Monster Hunter is getting all the armors, or customizing your armor sets, doing stuff like that, but you're not not obtaining something every time you defeat a monster it's it's you you're consistently getting three rewards from your normal monsters maybe some more from elder dragons and you get rewards during the fight so you have a nice pile of things to you know send to your inventory after each battle and you can go make some new stuff almost after every single uh monster you fight you can go make a new sword go upgrade your sword make some new boots or something a new helmet it's, it's very nice to just consistently be rewarded because you know monster hunter can take a while so rewards are constant i think i i could just do this two for one uh yeah gta 5 and red dead oh boy uh i get red dead out of the way real quick because that one's kind of easier to uh, talk about uh honestly it's a lot of things are pretty expensive a lot of the weapons are expensive uh i think uh like a navy revolver goes for like 375 and it's like that doesn't sound like a lot but in red dead money that is a lot you have to do quite a few missions to get that money uh gold is kind of scarce but they kind of you know helped it with challenges and stuff like that which is still grinding you have to if you want to do a challenge grind if you want to uh get money you have to do certain missions and you know keep grinding out those missions in order to get the most amount of money out of it um but uh, better because with every level they'll give you a treasure map and then you obviously with treasure maps you can find gold money and all that stuff um 
And you know, it, it's it's pretty good. It's not that bad. I think the gold is only really worth it when you buy the outlaw pass because you can literally buy it. If you finish it, you get all your gold back. You literally get all your money's worth back, and you just get all the free stuff that comes with it. Um, they added, you know, bounty hunting, uh, treasure hunting. They added a lot of things in Red Dead where you can actually, you know, grind it out and get all that level. Because I, I finished the Outlaw Pass Four in like December, and it didn't end till it doesn't end till like this month. So I, I finished it pretty quickly. I would say, starting in October finish in december doesn't end till this month so i was like I, I i think i got my money's worth out of it but uh that's red dead gta 5 though i think i farmed and grind on that one way more than red dead everything is super expensive and you think like well it's like that in red dead yeah but in red dead it's manageable you can get 375 bucks doing a couple missions a supercar in gta can sometimes run you 10 million that's Maybe including all the upgrades, all the the paint job you want, the certain look you want it to have. And talking about those upgrades, you have to actually do certain challenges to unlock them. Like you have to defeat, you have to win 50 street races in order to unlock uh, engine level 4 or something. You have to just do certain things. And early GTA players know how much of a struggle it was in the beginning because there wasn't a lot of things to do. Nowadays, there's a lot. There's heists. There's, you know, uh, you know, you can do car repossessing. So it's just like a lot of things you can do. It's, it's you know, it's whatever teaching in line wants to be. But it's just I've noticed that certain things that I grinded for, like uh, certain cars that I wanted that weren't that expensive, but they still are. Like I have to unlock and unlock certain things. It's a, it's a lot. GTA 5. Even though I get a lot of people say it, and I say it sometimes like, "Oh, I hate this game." I really don't because I, like if I hated it, I'd just stop playing it. But there is a grindness to it, and it does sometimes bite. But I honestly still play it, and I, I honestly be like, "Well, sometimes I don't need everything. I just maybe want this certain model car, and I don't want every supercar. I just like this car, or I just need this because it'll benefit me doing certain missions." So. Even though GTA 5 may feel like a bad grind at certain moments, because it is the same mission over and over again. I have to do the same mission, you know, riding a certain vehicle to a certain location every time in order to get money out of it. Uh, with their whole promotion, if you play GTA 5 every month until it drops on PS5, you get a million dollars to your bank account in GTA 5. Uh, it's pretty good. I've gone, I, I don't think I've really grind the game, and I've made like, it's like the seventh, eighth month. I don't know yeah, how many months it's kind it's of been. taken away the grind. Yeah, it's kind of taken away the grind. So I've just kind of put it off to the side because I feel like, well, I, I'll get it for PS5 because it'll it'll be free for PS5 use. So like, I'll just wait, just get all this money, you know, just pile it, and when GTA 5 drops, I could just play it on there on the PS5, and then I could just do that. But Red Dead and GTA 5 they're one and the same. But I kind of do like Red Dead a little bit more because things are expensive, but there are ways now they're honestly way easier when it took GTA 5. A lot, maybe three, four, five years in order for that stuff to kind of come in. It's it's a little more manageable, but you know these games like that have ways you can mitigate the grind, and it it doesn't necessarily sit well with me so to use microtransaction money. But that that kind of leads us into games as a service style mm -hmm. games. Your Destinies, your Black Ops, um, for your Street Fighter Five to a degree grinding fight money out for characters 
takes, you know, hours upon hours when you could just buy the season pass like I did. Black Ops 4, of course, has tiers that you have to grind out. Oh, man. (laughs) Avengers has battle passes that you can, you know. Black Ops 4, man. Yeah. The only reason why I did that whole battle pass system, I spent 100 bucks on this game, and I only spent it because of the zombies, and I did not like the zombies. It had, like, one good map, which was I think was classified. That was, like, the only good map that I genuinely liked. Everything else, I was just like, ugh, this is, like, no good. And I was like, I at least have to get my money's worth out of it. Because it, the tier system had weapons and skins and all this other stuff. So like, I have to get my money's worth. So I was legit was doing, like, two tiers a day. A day. I was like, I have to yeah. do two a day. If I skip the day, I have to do four a day. I have to do four that day. You know? But I stopped playing Black Ops 4 once they had, like, really special. I think it was, like, the Peacekeeper was a certain weapon. That wasn't on the on the uh, battle pass. It was, but as a random weapon, it basically had certain. I was like, that should have just been a weapon given to season pass owners, but exactly. it wasn't. So at that point, I said, I- I'm I'm done playing Black Ops Four. I was like, I'm not playing it anymore. And you know, in that there's a game that I'm not giving up on yet that has found its way into another episode called Avengers, <laughs> which is another service type game. That they just announced that I guess with the PS5 update coming out, they're going to make it grindier to level up past level 25. And I don't get so that. I, really don't. I don't get that either. Um, but I guess they're fixing the fact that I can get like three levels in one mission. So okay, okay, fine, That's be cool. that way. I mean, <laughs> I'm it, still gonna have to spend at least another three or four hours maybe playing a character I don't want to play as, like Iron Man, because I don't like his control. I don't like the Iron, I played it. I don't like the Iron Man parts. They're really weird. It felt yeah. weird to control. Uh, I don't like the flying. <laughs> you brought the part of the Final Fantasy trophy. I've done that too, where I've grinded a certain thing in order to get a trophy. Oh, uh, yeah. I, there's probably a lot, but one I can think of right now that we talked about was Destroying Humans, the first one, the original. On the PS4, the original PS2 version just re-released on PS4. Uh, one of the trophies is, like, get a certain amount of human DNA. And I was like, what can I do in order to get that much DNA? There's a simple, easy side mission in the first area, in the first, like, first world. And I was just grinding that mission out for hours until I got the right amount of DNA. And that's one of those things where, like, it's there's such thing as good grinding and bad grinding. It, it's considered good grinding for me because I, I ended up getting the plat out of it. So I was like, it's good because I finished the game. I can 100% complete it. I got the plat. And there's other things that I don't know. There are bad grinding like Black Ops 4. I was like, ugh, like I got to get my money's worth out of it, but I'm not. I should have just been like, I, I, I bought the season pass. Why should I have to grind out for certain things that I should really get? Yeah, and just think about something like Mortal Kombat 9, having that trophy where you have to play as everybody for like 24 hours. Oh, yeah. There's one like that. You have to grind out the a certain... Maybe there's certain things. I mean, talking about grinding... I think Marvel's Capcom 2. You have to, like, do certain characters in order to unlock uh, stages and, and skins and characters. I guess you have to really beat the story mode a lot. And that just dawned on me right now. I did that in Marvel's Capcom 2. I had to run, like... I think it was, like, Sentinel, Morgan, and Iron Man... Because they have really good, like, uh, support supers. And I remember I had to grind out so many points in order to unlock all the characters in that game. There's, like, 52 characters. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, that's something that doesn't necessarily happen nowadays, character unlocks. I mean, Smash Bros. has it, but now they'd... You know, the company would rather sell a season pass or something like that. Or yeah. have a 
system like Street Fighter V where you can use fight money. So there's a lot of grinding in games nowadays. And tying it all back to Bravely Default 2, I just have to say, you can play Persona 5 on easy, and you can go through that whole game. Enjoy it. It's a very nice, long, 100-hour, 110, maybe, if you're playing Royal Game. And you play it on easy if you just want to experience the story. And there's no grinding. I didn't have to grind. I did everything. Didn't have to grind at all. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, video games, please be more like Persona 5. Uh, I guess I say pick and choose what you farm for. Borderlands, you want a certain weapon, you're going to have to farm for it, but at the end of the day, the end result is, is worth it because you're like, hey, I got this weapon that most people won't even put the effort and time in it. Someone would just buy it off someone else or they get it from somebody else. I would say pick and choose what you really uh, farm and grind for. And the problem is with a lot of these games, like I know Siege puts in battle passes. I play Siege a lot, so I can pretty much mostly finish those, but there's like, you really have to think that companies think that you can grind out a game all the time and that's the only game you play no there's people play multiple games so i just say pick and choose what you do don't buy every season pass or battle pass pick and choose your games what you're gonna do with it like i if i play this game every day or daily or once a week do i really want the battle pass you know really think about it it's like be like fall guys constant stream of rewards yeah and you're grinding for something that you like that's cool or, you know, be like Animal Crossing if what your goal is is the end result of you getting rid of literally thousands of flowers. I guess what the point we're trying to make here is there is good grinding and there is bad grinding. And I'm fairly confident that everybody will recognize what type of grinding it is as they're doing it. That sound about right? That <laughs> sound about right. Uh... I want Borderlands probably the only game. Yeah, Borderlands probably the only game I still maybe. I kind of stopped grinding on Borderlands too. I kind of got everything I went. But uh, yeah, pick and choose what you grind on. Pick and choose what you farm on. You don't don't burn yourself out. That's my biggest. Yeah, that's advice. the thing. If you really want a shiny zigzagoon, you better be willing to put in twenty hours because I think yeah. the odds on that one. I think the math on that one is a little messed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh... That about do it for this grinding special? That should roughly do it, yeah. Alrighty. As always, guys, we want to thank you so much for listening. Every listener it makes us feel really awesome. <laughs> so I appreciate everybody who listens to the show. Um, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts. I think that's the best place to listen to the show. But you can also catch us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our Podbean site. And you can get all those links on our Twitter at Markers on the Map. And, you know, I guess there's not much left to say besides Sega. Please re-release Sonic 3 and Knuckles with the original Ice Cap Zone music. I I like that song, Sega. I you do. Know. I do like it's, that It's song. a good song. I also like the song that is inspired by. <laughs> that is a great song. It is a great song. That was like my most Spotify played song in like 2020. I know, you showed me that. Um, and, and the real EA Sports NASCAR chase for the Cup 2005 was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Turtle power. <laughs>